We can't cover everything. Well, we can try. We can try. This Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. This Bites is brought to you by Society Insurance. Welcome to This Bites. I am Tariq, a.k.a. The Architect. And I am Ann, a.k.a. The Dining Critic. <laughs> and on today's edition of This Bites, uh, we're going to talk about a restaurant somehow we overlooked. and uh, We did not overlook it. We're not overlooking it. We're not overlooking it now. No. I, I'm going to be honest about it. Like I think we, the world needs a little honesty. It's, it's all right to overlook things. We can't cover everything. Well, we can try. We can try. But there's a really new restaurant, relatively new restaurant in Baby called Belly's. We're going to talk about that. And they have a couple of new kind of nights. That sounds very interesting. Then we can get into some controversy over poke. I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. Also, state fairs coming to a close. There's some specials uh, that'll be available the final weekend of state fair. Also, the return of Papusa Fest. And finally, Yakatori and Bayview. From Iron Grade. But I'm going to kick it off with Belly's Bistro. Uh, the restaurant is located in the old space of Pastiche. And it's owned by an African-American woman by the name of Charmise Dotson, which is great to have another African-American-owned restaurant in Milwaukee. And a um, Pakistani-Indian chef by the name of Chef Marco Lezameta, who's the executive chef of the restaurant. Uh, they call themselves kind of a new American twist. Um mm-hmm. I call it a new American restaurant with a, a little bit of a southern twist. Uh, the menu is really interesting and unique. It's kind of nice to see a place like this in Bayview, uh, a nice traditional kind of down comfort food restaurant. You know, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, it's nice to have fancy food and interesting food, but sometimes you just want a little comfort, you know, and I think that neighborhood needs some comfort in a good way. I agree. But uh, as you can see from the menu, they also have cheese curds. That seems cheese very curds. Wisconsin, doesn't it? Yeah, it's very traditional, cheese curds. But they also have, like, for the vegans, they have the, uh, a cauliflower, a spicy battered cauliflower with Aleppo pepper, waffle and wings, which is, I like that, because people, some people who do chicken and waffles in Milwaukee, I'm not going to name names, decide, like, chicken thighs is the thing you do chicken and waffles with. But people decide to do chicken breasts, and, you know, it's an art to cook chicken breasts. Uh-huh. It's a skill, and sometimes that chicken breast becomes... Dry. So um, they also have this elote bites, which is battered corn bites with four cheeses, a hint of lime, jambalaya, which I talk about the southern twists. They have Cajun chicken and shrimp, shrimp and grits with the plumbano cream sauce, a flaming lobster tail. What do you think about that flaming lobster tail, Tariq? Well, it's topped with butter gravy, grilled to perfection. So I'm I'm all about that. <laughs> of course, traditional like catfish, black and fries, southern fried chicken. They have steaks, burgers, and all that kind of stuff. But I want to get into some of their unique specials, which I think they just launched launching this Sunday, Soul Food Sunday, which you have to make a reservation for. Uh, includes either southern fried catfish or pork chops, yams, collard greens, and uh, black-eyed peas. Mm-hmm. And that's on Sundays. That sounds really tasty. I saw the pictures of it on their website, and then I was just like, dude, that let, looks like my mom. Let me ask you this. When, when you're... When you're- Getting southern fried catfish, um, how does that, what is the seasoning on that and how would it differ from a blackened? Do you would specify something different? So it's not really, you can put season, but the, the, the key of southern fried fish, like up north, you put a lot of batter and, just, and you, to me, you destroy the fish with the yeah. batter. <laughs> it's just cornmeal. Uh-huh. It's dredged in cornmeal. Yeah. So That's really what it is. It's light. It's light, it's crunchy, 
and you get more of the fish flavor. Mm -hmm. That's what southern fried fish is. It's basically cornmeal. Then you can add seasoning to that cornmeal if you want, but the foundation is cornmeal. But going back to Belly's Bistro and Spirits, which uh, they also on Tuesdays, which is very intriguing. They have a crab boil, but it looks, based on the picture, it looks like they have like kind of like a, a King Crab Shack flavoring, garlic and on their crabs as well. So you get sausages, shrimps, and that crab boil is held on every Tuesday at Belly's Bistro. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. Now we're back on this Bites and, and Tariq, and we're going to get into some culinary controversy. We haven't done that in a while. No, we, we, I mean, it's always good to have a little it's, bit of controversy, I, right? I think it's, it's sweeps week. Yeah, about. it's sweeps week, right? It's sweeps week, yeah. yes. <laughs> but, uh... Uh, earlier this week, um, as you know, Milwaukee has been invaded by pokey restaurants, Fusion, Fresh Fin, and Aloha. The latter got a little trouble recently based in Chicago over something. Can you explain? Yeah. You wrote a little blog post about it over at Milwaukee Magazine. Right. So one of the newest is Aloha Poke Company. It is uh, a chain that is based in Chicago. Earlier this summer, they opened their first Milwaukee location. That's in the third ward, and it's next to Shake Shack. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so there, so the controversy really is about their name. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out, and this was all started um, when a Hawaiian activist um, posted a video. She had found out that Aloha Poke Company um, had been sending, their lawyers had been, been sending cease and desist letters to poke restaurants across the United States and in Hawaii, Hawaii. <laughs> that use the two terms aloha and poke together. Mm-hmm. The key was using those two together in their name. So the cease and desist letter said, you know, immediately stop using this in your name, your logo, any social media, anything like that, or, you we'll, know. We'll come you, after you with a lot. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to end up going to a court mm-hmm. or whatever. <clears throat> now, this happened to a number of businesses, including ones in Hawaii, owned by Native Hawaiians who felt really offended Which by this. kind of just kind of, because hard to believe. Well, I mean, you know, the the term aloha is um, is really deeply important and symbolic, mm. spiritually, culturally, in Hawaii. Mm. Um, it it kind of uh, translates to things like kindness and um, kind of humanity. I mean, but it, you also say hello. Yeah. Aloha is a hello, I mean, but it has. It's a word that has many many. many but meanings. it has these, yeah. But and to Hawaiians, I mean. That it has a very, you know, it has symbolism to them. So, and then, and then have somebody from middle of the Midwest, yeah, saying Chicago, you can't use it, right? <laughs> and of... and so anyway, this has turned into okay. There have been stories in the Washington Post, yeah. you know, Chicago Trib. It was all in my Facebook feed. Uh, the, feed yeah, feed. there are protests down in 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 Chicago in front mm. of these stores. There's a <laughs> petition out. I mean, the shops in the Aloha Poke. People are trying to get other people to to boycott wow. them because of what they're doing um, now. And there's been a huge social media like outroar too. All these people commenting on Aloha Poke's mm. social media on Yelp. It got so I, I guess it got so big on Yelp they had to shut down the comments or something. There's so many. Wow. And then there's a comment or there's a response from the owners of mm. Aloha Poke on their own Facebook, mm. which 
actually, it shut down my Facebook when I was trying to look at it because there are thousands of comments on it. <laughs> but they are, for their part, they are saying, we hold trademark on those two terms used together. And as trademark, having that trademark privilege or having that ownership allows us, we're just protecting our trademark. That I'm saying this, that is their, that's, that's their what apology. they say. That's what, that's their about that. Yeah, that's what they say. So in any event, it's a, it's an, it's something that's going on right now. And so, and, and it's really, really relevant and valid. And mm. we have a location here in Milwaukee. Yeah. So I thought it was, I thought it was something, you know, that important for people to think about and talk whole, about. There's a whole conversation and about appropriation. appropriation. Exactly. I mean, now appropriation is like in food, it's a, it's a, it's a more Interesting topic of, of food. Like, I've talked to many people, culinary historians, and what about appropriation of food. It's not, to me, as long as you're honest with the food and respect the culture of the food, it shouldn't matter what mm-hmm. race or, or background you are from making that food. Like, if I have one a Korean restaurant, I pay respect and honor that food, mm-hmm. that's not culture appropriation. But if you take it for granted and because of a trend or whatnot, without any consideration of the history or the background of that food or that culture, then you're crossing a line in the appropriation. That's what I feel. Because food is a very interesting, especially in L.A., cities like L.A. where food gets blended and crossed over, like Korean tacos and all this stuff. That's what makes America great. But, but when you do it, those people do it with respect and honesty and because just the way they grew up. Yeah. You know? And I feel some people just do it because it's a trend. And there's a poke trend out there yeah. that's growing fast. And I feel people are taking advantage of it without consideration of the meaning, what poke really is about, the culture, where it came from, and respect of it, you know? Yeah. So. And and poke has a very, I mean, it's, it doesn't have a long history in the in mainland yeah. United States, it's but it's a, very a long history. longer history in yeah. Hawaii, mm-hmm. where 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 it comes from. So they use it. I mean, poke you can get it in like a Seven Eleven in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how ubiquitous is. It's their food. It's like cheese curds or cheese to us. So right. it's a very interesting topic, and uh, I don't know. I I'm not going to take sides, right? I mean, we can't. I mean, but I hope there's a, a positive thing that comes out of it. I, I exactly. On a lighter subject, uh, State Fair is wrapping up. and uh, Where is the summer going, Teresa? Yeah, I didn't My go this goodness. year. I, I somehow avoided this year. I, I thought, based on our conversation Did you go? last week, no, I haven't yet. I saw, I, we know I our, you our, our both common there. friends, Derek Mosley, right? Judge Derek Mosley. Yeah. There's a picture of him and, and, and uh, his friend eating ants on a stick. Oh, ants on a stick. What did yeah. they think about it? Did they like it? They looked happy. They did. Okay. Yeah. So I, I didn't really ask when they liked it or not, but the pictures looked like they enjoyed it. Well, um, several people have said since we did our our, po- our our last segment, they're really intrigued by this French onion soup on a stick, which is one of the things we mentioned. It's one of the new items. Uh, um, is it I, like battered fried know. or something? No, it's in a wonton skin, you know. Uh, kind of like a soup dumpling. Exactly. Well, that's that's what I'm kind of yeah. wondering if it has it's that. It's a French onion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Didn't, I'm pretty sure Mary Social has done... Something like, like that? Something like that. A French onion soup variation of the, when they did dumplings. Well, um, so it's the last weekend for Stay Fair. The weather is supposed to be great, phenomenal, hopefully. Um, and if you're not going to State Fair, but you want to try some menu specials that are inspired by State Fair, this weekend only, you can go to Miller Time Pub and Grill, um, which is on Wisconsin Avenue, uh, kind of across from the convention mm-hmm. center. 
And they have two specials. They're running Nutella Poppers, which uh, is a powdered uh, it's powdered sugar donut served alongside a decadent portion of melted Nutella for your dipping pleasure. So wait, I'm so, reading it exactly how they so describe it. They didn't fill it with Nutella. No, that apparently the sauce oh, is Nutella. That's lazy. Come on, State Fair. That's very, very. This lazy. isn't State Fair. This is oh. Miller Time Pub. Okay. That is doing these specials inspired by State. Oh, Fair. Oh, inspired State Fair. Okay, I thought it was State Fair because I no. respect State Fair to amp that up a little bit in the creativity of that. No. Okay. Okay, cool. so you know, just so this is not at State. Settle. Fair. You can settle down okay. a little bit. Settle down. I was a about bit. to go. I was going. Okay. You got me all riled up. So okay, and so and another another State Fair inspired item is a donut burger. We've seen this before. It's an all beef grilled patty served on a glazed donut. That's not State Fair. Sorry, that is Luther Vandross. That's a Southern thing. Krispy Kreme has nothing to do with State Fair. Well, it doesn't say that they're doing Krispy Kreme. This is a glazed donut but bun. I'm, Maybe they're making their own. But I'm just I saying, know. where it came from, it's not a State Fair thing. It's a and Southern it's not, thing. It, and it's not Paula Deen either? It's Luther Vandross, the singer that passed away. That was his thing. It was it really? Yeah, that's a Southern thing because it, it started with Krispy. He used Krispy Kreme donuts instead. But he would make them? He would make them or someone would make them for him, yeah. It's sort of like Elvis having his fried mm-hmm. peanut butter and yeah. banana sandwich. So, yeah. In so ten, I wouldn't ask call that a State Fair-inspired thing. Okay, then I'm not saying that. It's a southern (laughs) thing. Um, I don't know if on that glazed donut bun I would want lettuce, tomato, and cheese, but they're going to put them on there, along with a side of fries and a pint of beer. So this is the Luther Vandross. That that becomes a state fair thing. This is the Luther Vandross inspired (laughs) special. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, it started. Like, there's places. I don't know if they still do it. It was a trend for a while. Um, But Luther Vandross used to do that. Okay. May he rest in peace, by the way. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's what I got on State Fair, but you know all those specials are still happening at State Fair through Sunday. Sweet. Next is Papusa Fest. We talked about this last year. A return for a second, a second time. Yeah, second festival. And it's Pampusa Fest two, the sequel. Yeah. Before we talk about Pampusa Fest, for those who didn't remember the last time, what is a Pampusa? Is that Pupus- it's a pupusa. pupusa. Why do you keep saying pampusa? It's a, I don't know. Why am I saying pam? I don't know. Um, a pupusa is a corn tortilla that's a thicker one. It's pan mm. fried, so it isn't like the normal uh, Mexican tortillas that you're used to. Uh, it's very popular in Honduras and El Salvador, and um, they're they're thick and sort of um, and sometimes they have fillings in them like cheese or you know something else, and then they are served with like a slaw or salsa. Um, I mean, that, that would be sort of the traditional stuff. But at Papusa Fest, um, they're going to be offering more variety. Now, Papusa Fest is on August 18th. That's Saturday. So that's next. It's a week from this Saturday. Okay. It's going to be held at Velabon Coffee and Cycle, which is at 3618 uh, West Pierce Street, which appears to be in the Menominee Valley uh, area. Um, and it's from 6 to 9 p.m. And so they're going to be doing a, quite a variety, they say, of pupusas, including vegetarian pupusas. Um, they're going to be doing uh, serving with a lot of Pilsner beer. I guess a Pilsner goes really well with pupusas. Um, you know, like to me, speaking of beers, I think very light, I hate the term, effervescent beers, not heavy beers, are great with food. Yeah. Personally. Especially no, food. I know. We talk about yeah, with food, with, especially food with a lot of flavors. You do not want a, an IPA or some stout or like you want to enjoy those flavors. Yeah. And that's just my opinion. But carry on. 
Well, the other thing about this, so there's going to be dancing as well. They're going to be celebrating an important holiday in El Salvador um, that is called El Dia del Salvador del Mundo, okay? And with your participation in Papusa Fest 2 is going to help celebrate Children's Day in October, um, which is in El Salvador. So there's some benefit to children and older adults in a nursing home okay. in northern and southern El Salvador. Nice. So that sounds pretty good food, cool. Good cause. I love pupusas. I love corn tortillas. I like. Um, I love when they're they're pan fried a little yeah. bit thicker. And isn't it a cast iron skillet too? I don't know. It's just like a uh, griddle. I'm guessing a griddle. Okay. Um, but yeah, those sound really good. Nice. And you can get tickets ahead of time through Eventbrite too. Cool. And we'll post links over on our website at radiomilwaukee.org slash this bites. Finally, uh, it comes to a topic. Uh, I think I did mention this, and I think maybe they were inspired by this. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> but, you know, I I've, I always want to open a restaurant. We, I think I mentioned this on This Bites, right? Before, before I turn... I a few times. Before maybe. I turn 50, which is about 30 years from now, um, <laughs> I thought about opening this like a kind of a kind of a, a place in Bronzeville. I wanted to do like a sake brewery, micro sake brewery, but I do yakitori. You know, I remember I read like ramen. I used to do ramens on Fridays and Saturdays. Mm-hmm. I would have this like mixture of... Korean and Southern food, and and but then on Fridays and weeks I want to do like real yakitori. I don't think I mentioned that to you, right? Sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely, you have. Um, and like I, I, I just, I, I just don't know if you. I mean, you know, I don't I know if you want there. anybody. Yeah, you're putting it out there. I don't know if yeah. somebody's going to steal your idea, Tariq. So like I, I, I got. I mean, on Amazon, I have my list of ingredients for yakitori to make at home, and I was going to learn to butcher a chicken and do the right way and stuff, and then uh, Iron Great, Aaron. Maybe I told Aaron. I don't know. <laughs> They're doing yakitori at Lost Whale, uh, which Lost Whale is uh, the bar that took over Boone and Crockett in yes. Bayview. I love Aaron. I'm just being having fun. Uh, they're doing yakitori there, uh, kind of their take on yakitori, uh-huh. not necessarily the traditional. Uh, but I, I think I've heard they're using the same kind of charcoal, a different type of charcoal. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It's a style of charcoal, which you can order on Amazon. It's not cheap. <laughs> it's not cheap at all. I mean, it's not like, break the bank expensive but it's charcoal and it's pretty expensive charcoal so do you want to explain a little more a little more about what yakitori is for people that may not know what so basically it's a japanese thing it's usually served in uh izakaya bars which is like small plates small foods Mm -hmm. uh there's a special style grill and a special type of charcoal and usually the the protein is chicken every part of the chicken is placed on skewers and different types of meat. So we're talking organ meat as well. Organ meat, yeah. feet, feet, exception of the beak probably um, is not in there. Uh-huh. And so they grill it and we move it around really fast over this charcoal and then they coat it with this special yakitori sauce and it's served with beer. It's a pretty small snack food, tasty, you know, that's that's what it is. It's fast eating, good for bar talk, conversation in Japan mm-hmm. is, you know, that's what basic yakitori is, but it's every part of the chicken. And like some places have expanded to other other animals, but traditionally it is the celebration of a chicken. It's usually a freshly killed chicken when they do it. So in Japan, they usually get the chickens that morning fresh, in which you can definitely taste the difference in a fresh chicken, not like a chicken you buy at a star market that's been there a few days. So that's the also another key element of uh, a good yakitori spot. 
But Iron Gray is doing their own take, which is cool. Uh, getting his bit lost well. Remember when uh, Boone Crock was there, they used to have that truck back there for uh, Moto Taco or Gypsy Taco. Yes. Port. So it's kind of, I guess it's going to be kind of the same setup mm-hmm. before, but it's lost well and Iron Great. Uh, the choices include a uh, head-on shrimp, which I feel like I will love that, but I feel like, you know, Milwaukee's still not used to the head-on animals things, you know. I, I people like, I'll eat fish, but I don't want to see the head. Right. You know. Yeah. But that's the best part, like this, you suck on the head, like, ugh. Amazing. So they have a head-on shrimp with a sunball dressing. They have a, a chicken a chicken thigh with barbecue glaze, mustard remoulade, smoked pork loin, um, and some pork belly with a soy handashi uh, glaze. There's some of the uh, things on there uh, available um, at Lost Whale. And you can get uh, the yakitori Thursday through Saturdays from 6 to midnight, which is sweet. Midnight Nakatori. That's the best time to eat food like that. It's late. Not early. You don't want to eat food like that early. And no, on Sunday. Why not? I don't know. It's just something about certain types of food. Like Korean barbecue, I love eating late at night. Because then in Atlanta, when I grew up, there was 24-7 Korean barbecue joints. And to eat Korean barbecue like midnight and one to it, it's just something. So then you go to bed with this belly full of like this Korean. You but know. you don't do it all the time. It's not like an everyday thing. But it's something. Eating that type of food night with friends and beers and conversations. Like, when I go to a bar at night, I want to have food. Like, yeah. Milwaukee needs to do that more often, not just well, frozen pizza. There isn't a pizza. lot of late night food. Yeah, like, like, it's just frozen pizza. But, like, in other countries and in bigger cities, you get, like, in D.C., late night dumplings. Mm-hmm. Or there's something about having that while you're drinking. Mm-hmm. Something hot and fried and freshly made. 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the, in, in the morning. It's, I don't know. That's maybe just me. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, up to now, I mean, my the if you wanted to do that when I was like in college, mm-hmm. you would go to Real Chili or you'd go to Oakland Euros. Yeah. You know? I had Real Chili last night and that was so nice. Yeah. I mean, but to have it like, I mean, in a kind of a bar setting. Sure. Oh yeah, right. You know, because you go to bars, people go to bars, but there's like very, either it's frozen pizza or chips or that's it. Yeah. You know, and I wish... There would be more bars that do interesting things like finger food, like dumplings or something, because it just it makes the beer taste better. It just conversation gets better, and I think you also get less drunk <laughs> when there's grease in your belly. Well, yeah, I could see you know that the that effects would be, of drunkenness. Yeah, that, I mean, there's cities that actually idea. have an ordinance that basically says if you're a bar, you have to serve some type of food. I think that's Portland or Seattle, one of those cities. You have to have food, and that's one of the reasons for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, but also they are open on Sundays, 3 to 8 p.m. Well, that concludes this week's edition of This Bites. This Bites is produced by Tyrone Miller. Handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from Society Insurance and your membership. Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org, on iTunes, or anywhere. You listen to podcasts. And as always, stay hungry. And keep the Malort cold. cold. Do you like the, the way? Yeah, I, I'm yeah. trying to, I don't know if I should use a sing-song voice sometimes or if I should, like. Is Milwaukee Magazine going to put up money for the t-shirts yet? For our Malort t-shirts? Oh, I thought it was, they were baby onesies. Well, anyway, I don't like, know. You like, know, like, like a baby has a bottle. definitely get some t-shirts for that. I think, I think they would sell. Yeah.